with me in your Bible to three verses of Scripture, or three passages, rather. First, to the book of Acts, if you will. And we'll look in the book of Acts at chapter 18 of the book of Acts and read verses 4, 5, and 6. Acts chapter 18, verses 4, 5, and 6. By the way, it is good to see you tonight. We appreciate everyone who is faithful. And I'll tell you, that's one thing God honors is our faithfulness. We may think sometimes we're not doing very much for Him. But I'll tell you what God honors is faithfulness in our life. Acts 18 and verse number 4, and the Scripture reads, And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks and when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed, that is, constrained by the word in the spirit, and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ, that he was Messiah. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. I want you to pay special note in verse number 6 where the verse says, And when they opposed themselves. Then if you will, follow me down to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and we'll read from that uh, passage of Scripture beginning at verse number 3. Second Thessalonians verse number or chapter two and verse number three. Watch what these words of the scripture say. Second Thessalonians two and verse three and four, and then we'll look down to verse eight. The verses say simply this at verse three, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, talking about the Antichrist, who, notice this, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. But verse 8 shows the ultimate end of this one. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. I'm going to ask you to look at one more passage, please, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy, that's just the book right on over. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll read verse 24 and verse 25. And the verse reads like this. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, now watch this, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Now the three statements that I call to your attention talks about people who oppose themselves. The word oppose or opposition in the language of the New Testament 
comes from the word anti-tasso, which simply means setting oneself against. Can you imagine a person setting themselves against themselves? Yet that's exactly what these statements imply. It means to place oneself in opposition. It means to become an adversary. Would you believe that our greatest enemy is ourselves? I mean, we set ourselves in opposition to ourselves, thereby thwarting the blessing of God. The prophet of God, Hosea, spoke to the people of Israel and he said to them these words, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. And I think sometimes we blame it on the devil when in reality we are the ones responsible for the destruction of ourselves. In chapter 14 of Hosea, in verse 1, he said, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast, uh, thou hast fallen uh, by, uh, thou hast fallen rather by thine own iniquity. And so often then uh, we find that we are in opposition to ourselves. And you say, my soul, I don't, I don't want to be opposing myself. But yet in reality, that happens so very, very often in our lives on a daily basis. I know that we often think of opposition as it relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are those in our world by the millions who oppose the Son of God. That we think of the opposition that comes to the Bible. People oppose the Bible, the Word of God. Uh, they oppose it in many ways by laughter, by their own literature, by their own language. Men oppose the Bible. And yet again, uh, there is that opposition uh, that we face against the church. And there is, a, uh, uh, there is an opposition that is prevalent in our society that is opposed to, and I'm not talking about the, the church that doesn't believe in a thing, I'm talking about the Bible-believing church. And yes, there is that opposition to Christianity in general. Now, you don't have to read the paper or magazines very long until you pick up on that kind of opposition to Christianity in itself. But in these verses, there's a different thought. And that thought is that men and women who go against God in reality are opposing themselves. A man begins to play the devil's advocate against himself. He brings against himself those things that really he doesn't want. Sin is generally considered in the, by most of us as being against God. And indeed it is. It is against the law of God. Sin is the transgression of the law, John tells us in his epistle. And yet again, though sin is against God and against his law, I'm here to tell you tonight that sin is against you. When you transgress the law of God, you're inviting trouble in your own life. You're inviting disaster in your own life. But yet again, when we do sin against God and his law, let me tell you this. It does not change the law of God. You can sin against God and you can violate everything he says in this book, but I'll guarantee you this, it doesn't change what God has given us in his precious word. Thy word is forever settled in heaven. 
The word of God is certain and definite and sure, and it cannot be destroyed. So you and I may go against the word of God, but in reality, what we're doing, we're going against ourselves. Adam, when he sinned against God, did not change the law of God that said, Thou shalt not eat of the tree that I have forbidden. But when Adam did so, it did not change the law of God. It didn't change the command of God. But it sure changed Adam, I promise you that. When Moses sinned, the terrible sin of murder, and slew an Egyptian and buried him in the sand, Moses, by reason of his own sin, was turned from a conqueror to a coward. And as a result, he fled and hid in the wilderness for a number of years. I think not only of Moses, but I think of Abraham. Abraham, an honest man, an obedient man. But when he sinned against God, this honest man became a liar. He became a liar. And he lied about his own wife. I think of Peter who indeed denied the Lord Jesus, but the greater consequence was Peter's. It was not that of the Lord Jesus. So as far as God's law is concerned, you and I can break it, we can ignore it, we can reject it, but I'll tell you what, they're still the same. And men today in our society, from the White House to the outhouse, I'll guarantee you can break the law of God, but God's law does not change. And you can do whatever you want to do, but you're going to face the very established law of God. Man refuses God's plan, but God's plan is the same. He has a plan of salvation. Now you can reject that. You can refuse that. You can say no to God's plan of salvation, but his plan doesn't change. You can say no as a born-again believer to God's plan for fellowship with God, but it doesn't change. And God's plan for fellowship with Him is obedience. Walking in the light. or Walking obediently before Him. There is only one sure way to know God's will. And that's never changed. It's not by visions. It's not by voices. It's not by goosebumps. Not by somebody knocking the daylights out of you, putting his hand on your head. Uh, I don't know where this religious crowd come up with that anyhow. Uh, I saw a fellow today. I mean, he didn't even have to touch him. He just throw his hand up and plow, boy, out there go. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. I, you don't read anything about that in the Bible. Jesus never did that. And yet people are so taken up with it. I mean, they just swallowed hook, line, and sinker because it's got a religious connotation to it. You need to get in the book, I'll tell you that. But God has one way to know his will, and that's not by visions and voices, but it's by the word of God. We know God's will. God has given it to us. He's given us all we need to know, but the problem is most of us fail to get in this book. I'll guarantee you, I'm talking to some of you tonight. And it's been days since you picked this book up and read even a verse out of it. If you want to know God's will, you're going to have to get in the Word of God. That's where God reveals His precious will. So Israel, oftentimes, uh, they went uh, in opposition to God, but they were opposing themselves. They went contrary to God, and God gave them their own, I mean, He gave them their wishes. 
what, what they wanted. Man's a free will agent, I believe. And God gave them their desire, but yet the scripture said he gave them their request, but, so, but, but gave to them leanness of soul. And I'll guarantee you, you can go against God. You can decide to say no to him and his word, but I'll promise you this, you're going to dry up on the inside. You're going to dry up on the inside. The soul becomes lean when we disobey the very word of God. Now, Judas, you remember, sold Jesus. He sold the Son of God. And oftentimes we do that to our own hurt, to our own detriment, to our own damage. When you say no to him, when you say no to his word, when you say no to his church, I guarantee you, you're inviting problems and troubles in your own life. Now think of what Paul had to say about sexual sin. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. And this thing of sexual sin is nothing new in our generation. It's been around for a long, long time. And there's great temptation in this day and time. I'm like Billy Kelly. You can't even buy a decent sack of hog feet without some naked Jezebel picture being on the front of it. But the whole truth is sexual sin is a sin not only against God, but it's against yourself. It is an opposition to yourself. The Bible states it like this. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Now I guarantee you can laugh that off and you can ignore it and you can shun it if you want to. But there's a God in heaven who has set down an axiomatic principle that's unchangeable and it will come payday sooner or later in a man's life. I read again in the book of Proverbs 6 and it says this, But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it De, uh, he that doeth it, uh, and I can't even read this. My eyes are failing on me. Uh, what does that verse say? Anybody got that? Huh? Uh, Proverbs 6 and verse 32. I'm going to have to get my glasses changed. I can't even read this. Uh, he lacketh understanding. He doeth, thank you so much. He destroyeth his own soul. Can you imagine that? And yet the world goes wild after sexual sin. And the Bible said when a fellow does that or a woman does that, they're opposing themselves. A wound and dishonor shall he get and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Now, I don't care if that's a president or a pauper. I'll guarantee you sexual sin is a sin not only against God, but it's against the person who is guilty of that sin. You remember what the Lord said to Saul when he arrested him on the road to Damascus? He said, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. That is a stick with a pointed end on it. And uh, every, every time Saul was kicking, the Lord is saying, you're injuring yourself. And I want to tell you, when you go contrary to God, that's exactly what's happening in your life. That's what happens in all of our life. Saul, the Lord said, I think in simple terms, you cannot make one little mark 
upon the eternal throne of God, but you can hurt your own hands and breed death within yourself. No wonder the wise man said, the way of the transgressor is hard. Men have tried to beat this game of sin forever, but man comes out the loser. He comes out the loser not only in time, but he'll come out the loser in eternity. The person with a haughty, mean attitude, for example, he doesn't just hurt somebody out here with that mean attitude, but he hurts himself. People lose respect for him. People lose uh, faith in that kind of individual. And it brings damage and hurt upon the individual who is guilty. So every time a man strikes God, actually what he does, he puts a sword to his own heart and soul. You strike out against God and you bring a sword. You bring a dagger to your own, uh, own soul. That brings me to ask you this question. What about morals? What about the morals of our day? Is that just the defiance against God? Oh, no. It has its own personal consequence. Look at the millions of cases of AIDS in this country. Look at all the millions and billions of dollars we're trying to spend as taxpayers to try to find some kind of cure for a disease that is brought on in the first place by the results of immorality and by a defiance of the very law of God. What about the laws of God concerning money? And that concerns all of us, does it not? And yet the Bible said in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, 9, and 10, that we're to bring the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, saith the Lord, and see if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour it upon you a blessing that you won't even have room enough to receive. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that. God's proven that in our life, uh, Pat in my life. God's proven that over and over and over again. What about marriage laws? What about the law of prayer? Uh, the, the very, uh, Jesus said this, you have not because you ask not. And the reason we go lacking so often in our life, we oppose ourselves by failure to prayer. Do you have a prayer time every day? You have a place you can get alone with God and talk to God. I fear that one of the weaknesses of our church as well as any church in this day is the lack of prayer. We don't pray. We may thank God for the food. We may uh, ask him to bless us, our four and no more. But I'm going to tell you now, uh, we miss out on what God wants us to have. We have not because we ask not. Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Do you believe that? The whole story is most of us don't believe that and that's the reason we don't really pray. The Bible said it like this in the book of James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And all oh, that we'd come back to this place of prayer and quit opposing ourselves and destroying ourselves through a life of prayerlessness. What about honesty? What about honesty? You see, a man who's not honest really opposes himself. I think I told you the story about a very wealthy man who contracted with a contractor for a house to be built. Because of this man, a businessman, he was so busy, it kept him gone most of the time. 
And so what he said to the contractor was this, how, how much he would pay, he told him how much he'd pay for the house, and then left all the details up to the contractor. Well, some uh, seeing an opportunity, as this contractor did, to make some extra dollars, he started cutting corners. He started bringing in cheap materials. Uh, he cut everything he could and built the house for this man, this businessman who was out on the road. And so uh, his only interest seemed to be just to make an extra dollar for himself. Well, finally the house was completed. And the very wealthy man came in to observe and to check out the house. And after he checked it out and looked at it, he turned to this fellow and said, you know what? Many, many years ago when I was struggling financially, you did a favor for me. And he said, I just wanted to pay you back somehow to say thank you for the things you did for me. And he said, the only way I could figure it out was to just let you build your own house. And he gave the keys to the fella. And the man inherited that house that he had built out of cheap material. Now, my friend, that's what we do when we go against God. We oppose ourselves. We bring about our own destruction. Yes, there is such a thing as the judgment of God. But much of the judgment that you and I experience comes as a result of our own doing because we have gone contrary to the word and the will and the way of God. Men who oppose themselves. Are you in opposition to you? Are you really fighting against yourself? You are if you're disobedient in your life. If you're failing to honor God and obey his word, you're, I mean, you're your worst enemy. You're fighting against yourself. And as far as that goes, let me say, if there's someone here tonight not saved, you can reject God's salvation. But God's requirement for salvation is still the same. And when you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, and when you reject his salvation that he provided for us on the cross, you are becoming your worst and your eternal enemy. He said it like this, He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Don't stand. You've got enough enemies like it is. Don't become your own enemy. But let God's blessing rest upon you as you walk in obedience to Him. Let's bow our heads for prayer.